Hey, podcast listeners, this is Todd Finley, the founder of HBCU Grad. On this episode of the podcast, we talked to Maxine Lee, who is a Hampton University graduate, and we talk about everything wine. She gives us wine suggestions, best food to pair with wine, how to taste wine, gives us some black wineries, and even teaches us some wine etiquette. It's a really fun, lighthearted conversation uh, that we had a few months back, and uh Really think you'll enjoy it. Hope you do. Maxine, thank you for joining us. Let our audience know who you are and what you do. I am Maxine Lee from Durham, North Carolina, and I am a content creator specializing in fine wine and lifestyle. And I'm also a proud graduate of Hampton University, the real HU. Yes, I said it. Uh, QT6. That's my class. (laughs) Now, it's a couple of things we have to unpack from that opening line. So I spent seven months in Durham. Okay. What are you doing here? I did an internship at IBM and Research Triangle Park. Okay, RTP? Yeah, I was an RTP, so I was a fixed asset accountant. And I had never, well, I had been to Durham before because a cousin went to um, North Carolina Central Law School. So mm-hmm. I visited there before, but I didn't really get a chance to really get there until I moved there and was there for about seven months. And I really, really enjoyed that part of the country. I, I love Durham and Chapel Hill and Raleigh and had a, had a really good time. Now, how was it growing up in Durham? Uh, growing up in Durham was pretty cool. Um, I enjoyed it. It's definitely not the Durham uh, that people experience now. It has really grown. Mm-hmm. Uh, grew, grew up in Durham, uh, grew up in the church, in the Amy church. One of the things that I liked about that was they really um, empowered their youth to, you know, participate, to have presentations, to speak, uh, to be active. And I'll definitely credit those moments for just shaping me, shaping my presentation skills, uh, shaping me to be very comfortable presenting, uh, standing up in leadership roles, uh, and just really being active, giving back to the community and just developing myself as just a productive um, adult. I really would, would credit that. And also seeing that and going to a church like that and seeing a lot of HBCU graduates, uh, my parents are HBCU graduates. So it was just something that I knew that I would go to. I would uh, attend an HBCU. So just kind of, it, it definitely shaped, shaped your perspective of what you are exposed to. Durham is a college town, as you mentioned, North Carolina Central is here. Um, outside of the HBU uh, schools, uh, the PWIs we have here are Duke University and in the Triangle area, you have other PWIs and you also have other HBCUs. So you're, you're just surrounded by it. Right, right. So I, I really appreciate that you, you get the culture mm-hmm. uh, of everything and help you identify where you want to go and what school fits your personality. Right. Now, what school did your parents go to or what schools? My mom went to Tuskegee University. My stepfather okay. went to North Carolina Central University. And my nice. dad went to North Carolina A&T. Nice. Oh, so you're HBCU yeah. all, all through and through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, what made you choose Hampton then? What made me choose 
Hampton. So when I was deciding on schools, um, I knew that I wanted to, uh, I knew I wanted to go out of state. Okay. At that time, I wanted to explore, I wanted to see something different and get my out of state experience. Uh, I had visited Hampton. I knew about uh, its culture. I knew about the school. As I mentioned, uh, I was a young lady from church who went to Hampton and she spoke well of her experience. Her sister actually went to Howard, which is so interesting. Mm. But uh, she went to Hampton and just spoke well of her experience and deciding where to go when the acceptance letters begin to come in. I we went to go visit Hampton afterwards too, after being accepted. And I just felt, it just felt like home. It felt like an area where I could, you know, just focus. I could buckle down. It had a college town feel similar to Durham. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I'm like, I don't think I need to be in a major city. (laughs) Atlanta and DC were, were on the list. So I was like, this this is a nice college town. I can focus. I can, you know, get work done and, and keep it moving. So it was a really great decision. I'm 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 glad I, I went with that. All right. Now let me tell you about my Hampton experience. Okay, so, please share. <laughs> my sister went to Hampton. Okay. And my sister is probably seven or eight years older than me. So okay. when I first went down there. I, I may have been in the fifth grade and, you know, you know about it, but you, you know, you still don't really get it. And then, yeah. you know, we would go down there for siblings weekends or parents weekend. And I just enjoyed the HBC experience. And then by eighth grade, when she was about to graduate, I started to truly get a feel for it. And then, you know, I went to classes where well, I may have went into a class with her or been waiting in the science, uh, in the science, uh, maybe like a, maybe like a counselor's office or something like that. And there was a lady that walked in, uh, by the name of Valida. And that was my first time breaking into a cold sweat. (laughs) And I said, I have to go to a HBCU, maybe not Hampton. I don't know if I can go to Hampton because I was, you know, I was a, a growing man, a growing boy, and I, I didn't know if I would be able to concentrate at Hampton. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's something that, you know, I have a lot of guy friends. They're just like, Hampton messes you up. You can say, oh, girls are beautiful like that. And you leave the world. <laughs> right. That's, that's, a, that's another joke. It's like, you know, girls come. And there, there are towns 10 and you get to Hampton and you're a seven here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad you, you brought that up because I remember my, when I was, either it was, I just finished my freshman year, either when I was going to Hampton, I can't remember. I was uh, working in the mall, high school was working in the mall and it was this older gentleman. We were just chatting. And he was like, oh, where are you? No, this was after school. And he was like, where do you, where do you go? And I was like, oh, I go to Hampton University. He was just like, oh, my goodness. Back in my day, all the beautiful women went to Hampton <laughs> University. 
And he told me about this girl he dated and he was how pretty she was. He was like, are the girls still pretty? They got to be your neck. <laughs> this is really a thing. Like, what in the world? All right. Now, what is that? How does Hampton recruit a bunch of beautiful people? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> so, you know how that goes. But, you know, it, it is true. And I, and I always enjoy hearing I always enjoy hearing gentlemen like just talk about it, and it's it's always a delight. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hampton does well, so I chose Florida and and which wasn't any better, but okay. you, you know Hampton. No, uh, fam is awesome. That was a big yeah. because I, I didn't see like where where you had went to school. No, fam, fam is great. Fam was on my list, um, but. I was when I was looking at fam, you all were very pharmacy heavy, so I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, that's that wasn't where I was kind of like focusing on at the time. But fam is dope. Yeah, it is. It is. It thoroughly enjoyed my time and still enjoying being a fam. You grad. So, when did you first fall in love with wine? Oh wow. Okay, so I first. Well, let me let, let me tell you the whole story. Okay. So as a kid, I was always intrigued by wine drinkers. Mm. I just thought it was just so cool and classy. Um, I liked how people really explained wine. Like they would just talk about it like poetry. And I'd be like, this is alcohol, guys. Like, <laughs> I couldn't get it, but I, I, I was very drawn to it. And I would, so I credit my, my wine exploration in college. I I still love champagne to this day. So I really got into champagne in college. And also during that time, I'm, I'm a hip hop enthusiast, as I like mm-hmm. to call myself. Uh, that was during the Crystal. Am I aging myself? <laughs> <laughs> the Crystal, the Dawn, the Moet, the That was during mm-hmm. that era. And I was always intrigued on why certain brands were better why why certain brands made certain songs and um don't know if you're a jay-z fan i totally forgot the song but he was just talking about like what we drink and um like not drinking white star which is a moet brand but they don't make white star anymore Mm -hmm. they relabeled it uh anyway so it was just like why is there such a hierarchy in this so i begin to study it i'm I'm naturally curious and inquisitive and um just upon studying it i was even studying liquors at that time and and figuring that out then during college i saw the movie sideways don't know if you're familiar with that movie i am not but i I don't watch any movies but i am i'm a jay-z super fan (laughs) but not the movie (laughs) okay good good so Sideways is a movie about um, a bachelor's weekend and they go to wine country. And I remember watching that on the plane for the first time going to L.A. And I was just like, this is cool. It reignited my interest in wine again. I was like, oh, this is totally going to be my adult hobby. So upon the study and upon exploring, um, I, I, I just began to try new things. But... I didn't like dry mm-hmm. wines. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of troubling when you're right. exploring wine. But the dry wines that I did like were, were champagne. So I began to drink a lot of sweet wines and explore that. Um, upon graduating from Hampton, I relocated to okay. Atlanta, Georgia. 
And I started working at my local wine shop, literally just kind of stumbled upon the opportunity. And the sommelier there really took Mm. me under his wing and was just teaching me certain things. And I would just listen in on tastings and I would just really just try different wines. And that's one of the things that I like to encourage people when you are exploring wine, just try the wine. Even if you don't like it, it allows you to figure out what you don't like. And as you continue to try your palate grows and you figure out what you do like and you begin to explore more of that and just during that time just seeing my palate develop seeing me be able to transition to drier white wines to dry red wines it just really opened my eyes and during that time working there we went to a course at Atlanta Wine School And from there, I just really was exposed to wine just outside of what I knew from the movies and from uh, music. I just saw more people into wine and just like, wow, they have wine schools for this? Like, this is really a thing. And I began to explore careers in wine. And yeah, I've been bitten by the wine bug Mm -hmm. since then. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. Now, let's say let's take someone like me. That's a total wine, no vice. But to layer it on top of that, my palate is not developed at all. And I don't think you understand the extremity of how much my palate isn't developed, even with just foods. So growing up, all I wanted to eat was chicken tenders and pop tarts. (laughs) And it and it has extended into my adulthood. Do I eat more than that? Yes, but I don't have a really mature palate. What would you suggest for someone at that low of a level to start with to explore wines? Okay, I would suggest for you. Well, how about this? First, I would ask, do you drink Hennessy? Yes. You're a Hennessy man. Okay, so you have a sweet palate. So we would begin with a sweeter style wine. So we would begin with a Brichetto mm. de Cui, uh, which is a sparkling red wine from Italy. Uh, 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 but we can, I, w- I would start with a Brichetto de Cui, a sparkling uh, red wine from Italy. Also from Italy, a Moscato di Asti. Mm. I know that we all kind of shun Moscato. It had its reign and people think it's basic, but Moscato definitely has its mm. value. And I like Moscato di Asti. Um, it's more of a frizzante, which is just a light sparkling wine. And I like more Moscatos that have more mm. fruit notes. So more peach notes, more floral, um, Moscato's with character. I think a lot of people don't drink Moscato with character. That's why they dislike it. I would even, if we're going to get exotic, we would. I would introduce you to a Viognier. A Viognier is a white wine made from, um, no, excuse me, not a Viognier, Vouvray. I would introduce you mm-hmm. to Vouvray. So Vouvray is a white wine from France, from the Loire Valley, and it's made with the Chenin mm. Blanc grape. Mm-hmm. So um, there are some sweeter Viognier's uh, with me initially mentioning that, but they're more on the dry side. The quality ones are more on the dry side and you need to 
more develop okay. your palate for that. So my three options for you would be Boquette de Cui, Moscato di Asti, and Vouvray. And all of these suggestions are on my YouTube channel, Drink Good, Live Well, so you can learn a little bit more of the taste profile. Okay. Now, what are you exploring right now? Like, what's the last wine bottle that you bought that you hadn't ever experienced before? That I haven't ever experienced? Gosh, you know what? That's the second time I've gotten this question this week. (laughs) So... Well, let me. Um, I'll say this. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of region heavy. So I, I kind of focus on okay. region. So I recently had a Washington State uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. Mm. I really, I love Washington wines. Just the climate is is nice. That they grow everything well. I have not had anything I hated from Washington State, and I encourage people to explore explore more from Washington state. And it was a really nice cab. So I hadn't had that cab Mm -hmm. before. Um, If I had to think of a wine that I want to try. Well, no, what? No, no. I have an answer Mm -hmm. for you. I, um, I've been going to Texas a lot, the Houston Mm -hmm. area. And I, last time I was there, I had a Viognier from Texas. So I had never had that before. Um, I think it's really good for people to explore their local wineries. I know that we automatically go to California, we go to Oregon, we go to Washington, and even people are now exploring Mm. New York. But it is really great to explore your local wineries and just find those gems because each state has wineries, has a winery, at least one winery in the U.S. So finding those cool little gems, those cool local wineries that you can explore, that you can just kind of do a quick road trip and just introduce to your friends. I highly encourage Now, what's the best type of food to pair with wines? I know it probably depends on the wine, but if you had to say give mm-hmm. two or three foods for a guy that's gonna go out to valentine's day and then he comes home and he wants to cut some cheese and have some nice fruit and, and share it with someone what would you say he can add to just the regular cheeses and fruits to go with the wine first for the rule of thumb when you are pairing wine and food you want to remember this saying what grows together mm. goes together mm. what grows together goes together so i'll give you a really great example with italian wines i like italian wines but i have not thoroughly explored italian wines outside outside of studying capacities as i would have liked to because the acidity level of italian wines for my palate it pairs better with food. So that's a really great example of what grows together, mm-hmm. goes together. You want to stick with uh, the cuisines of that area and pair it with those that local may, ones. That, that makes them. a lot of sense. Now, what? Yeah, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. Now, hold on. I'm going to give mm-hmm. you another pairing. Um, a really cool, interesting pairing since uh, this is HBCU grad <laughs> podcast that a lot of people really underestimate is 
fried foods. Fried foods pair very well with champagne and sparkling. Mm. So you're saying my chicken tenders go well with champagne? Your chicken tenders will go okay. really well with the sparkling <laughs> wine. They really will. I'm being serious. <laughs> and we don't always remember that. With your chicken tenders, I, w- I would go with a sparkling wine. I would go with more of a cremant style, a cremant, a cremant, depending on how you want to pronounce that. Um, it is sparkling wine made in France, but outside of the region of Champagne. I would go with a rosé cremant for your chicken tenders and for your Pop-Tarts. <laughs> <laughs> let's let, let's get fancy and go to the food for both. But um, if you're doing if you're doing cheese and fruit and charcuterie, I would I would keep it light. You wanna um you wanna take into account the the thickness, the creaminess, the hard, the age of that cheese when when pairing. But for really good catch-all pairings, um, a dry riesling okay. always works. I highly suggest people to bring a dry Riesling. If you're going to a dinner party and you're unsure what the cuisine is, a dry Riesling, uh, champagne, as I mentioned, is always a good catch-all that uh, allows things to complement the food. And a rosé, a dry-style rosé, also is a really great catch-all. If you're going for a red, a Pinot Noir, very well-made Pinot Noir is a really good catch-all. Now, when I said cheese and... Uh, fruit did that kind of tip you off that I was a rookie okay no okay. no people do that I'm, I'm actually uh, doing it okay but uh, no no it didn't tip me off as a rookie it's, it's one of those things that people like to pair especially if you're just having people over um you're not doing dinner you're just kind of doing snacks that's that's a go-to that's that's a great thing to do and i also like a really good okay. cheese board so okay. I'm, I'm for okay. it <laughs> now i know what the legs on cognac says what do the legs on a wine tell you about that wine it tells you the mm. alcohol it, it lets you know the viscosity of the alcohol if it's high alcohol it's, it's a full body wine but i'm not a legs person some people like to do that and look at legs um I've noticed that novice tend to do that. I don't know many experts that do that, unless you're in a blind tasting and you're really just trying to figure out like alcohol mm-hmm. percentage. But you don't need all that. It, yeah, it just kind of okay. tells. That this is mm-hmm. my opinion. So let me let me say that's my opinion. I don't be like, oh, look at the legs, like they're really running slow. <laughs> yeah, I don't do that. Man. I don't, I don't do that anymore. But. What's your process when you taste a wine? Do you put it in your mouth, swish it all around, spit it out, put your whole nose into the glass? What? what? Yes, okay. I'm that person. I'm that person. So my process is uh, pouring the wine, um, if looking at the color of it, uh, making sure that, uh, you know, it's not too cloudy, it's clear, it's the way that I purchase that particular mm-hmm. wine. If it is a red, debating if I'm going to decant or aerate it. <clears throat> so I pour pour the glass. I am a stemware snob. So I'm, I'm one of those people that have different stemwares for the different grape varietals. But I believe in nice catch-all glasses. So you do not need that unless you are really um, into that grape varietal. I, I will okay. suggest that. Okay. But 
I'm I'm pouring it. I'm I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the color. I'm examining the color. I am swirling it because it needs to be aerated. It's been bottled up. It has traveled from its destination, whether that's California or Italy or France. It's traveled there um, to your local wine merchant and now to your home. It needs to stretch a little bit. So I aerate it, just do a nice little swirl, um, smell it to pick up the notes, making sure that the bottle is not corked, that it's not damaged or anything, and it's smelling the way that the winemaker intended. And yes, I'm putting my nose in there. And just a note for people, it's okay if you do not smell the blueberries, the spice, the black currant. If you do not smell that initially that's a skill that really takes time to mm. hone um just don't be that person and say i i smell grapes i smell wine. right, <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah put your nose in it and then i sip i sip um and with the sipping i aerate mm. in my mouth so i'm just taking in a little air kind of making that noise just mm-hmm. sucking it in and i swish it around in my mouth and the purpose of that is just to pick up um, just all the flavors of that particular wine to um, assess whether or not how acidic it is, how full body it is. Um, just assessing all, mm. all those notes mm. and just getting the full experience. In. But most importantly, I'm enjoying it. And I think that a lot of times when people are first introduced to wine, they want to do what the experts do. They want to sip it this way. They want to sniff it this way. At the end of the day, the purpose of wine is to be enjoyed and to be shared mm-hmm. with others. If you're not doing any of that, mm-hmm. it's pointless. Mm-hmm. Now, what are the health benefits of wine? Because I've heard a lot of different things over the years. And I know my mother drinks, I think she drinks a glass of wine every night. And she's been on an incredible health journey where she's may have lost 60 or 70 pounds in the last seven or eight years. So, yeah, and I oh, have what? a feeling that may have something to do with it, even though it's small. She does her Zumba and everything like that. What What are the health benefits mm-hmm. of wine? Or what have you seen in being in the wine world and, you know, drinking wine? So one of the health benefits that people reference when they say that, they are referencing Riveratrol. Mm. Riveratrol is found in uh, the grape skin. Um, and I hate to de- debunk <laughs> a lot of people's um, perceptions of that one, but Riveratrol is most found in fuller body dry red wine. So more of your Syrahs, more of your Cabernet Sauvignons. Um, and some of those wines, if you are um, currently cold cultivating your wine palette uh you may not like those style of wines so that is what people are referencing they're referencing the riveratrol and the health benefits of wine now if you are totally doing it for health benefits they have riveratrol pills that i totally encourage you (laughs) to get (laughs) but if you just want to have a glass of wine to wind down the day for your peace of mind um wine is very relaxing so for me, I would say the health benefit of it is just being able to recap the day with a bottle of wine that I've been anticipating that I enjoy. Um, that I would say another health benefit of that is just the joy of trying a new wine and sharing it. So I would say the 
happiness that you experience mm-hmm. from enjoying wine contributes to the health benefit. And this is my personal mm-hmm. opinion. <laughs> but in addition to the Riveritol, it's, it's, it's the experience. Um, it's the joyous experience that, that you get from being a wine enthusiast and, and being okay. a wine lover. Maxine, you're a great communicator because never have I ever wanted to learn about wine until talking to you today i'm i'm serious (laughs) i'm going to subscribe to your youtube channel and i'm going to follow you so you're going to be my personal sommelier so (laughs) yeah let's do it let's do it i love it and you know that's one of the things when i worked in industry so as i mentioned once i began to explore careers i was i wine buyer for Whole Foods. I also worked at some local wine shops and I launched a wine course, a fundamental wine mm-hmm. course at Columbus State University. They were the first uh, school to uh, participate in that course series and just talking about the fundamentals of wine and how it relates to mm. business. Um, wine is a social skill. It really is. It, it's a skill just like tennis or learning golf or you know, learning chess, it, it really is. So it's a life skill. It's a life skill that is very useful that people like and that people enjoy. And it's a classy way. Mm-hmm. Of getting mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to say, so, you know, I, I think that pe- people should e- explore it more. And, and it's, it's, what I enjoy most about is, is just seeing the joy of people discover it, seeing the mm-hmm. light go off. Uh, starting the journey with people and they did not like a particular wine but now they're calling out blueberries mm-hmm. and plum in the right. wine you know just seeing that light go off that's that's really my joy and, and that's why I prefer the educational side of wine and the more intimate side of wine of just kind of having that one-on-one attention and just seeing what what people learn and and, and just right. just the joy of it you know it, Wine bring, brings a lot of joy, and it's so much exploration. One of my favorite quotes is, one is always mm. a student of wine. Mm-hmm. And that is that is so true. No matter what level of knowledge you gain, one is always right. a student of wine. So it's just, it's just so, so yeah. much fun. To and, and I think it, you know, I think that's for anyone's discipline because I'm a real basketball guy, and I, I may watch 15 to 20 basketball games a week. And I learn something every time I watch basketball and I've been doing it for umpteen years. So, you know, I can tell that you truly love it and you're a good communicator. Seem like you really know your stuff. And, you know, I don't know why it's resonating to me like this today. Maybe because, you know, (laughs) you're from Hampton and my sister taught me everything and you guys have some, you know, a lot of the same vibes. But I really want to get into wine now. (laughs) <laughs> yes, please subscribe to the channel, drink good, live well, and follow me on Instagram at live good with Max, where we can learn all about wine and lifestyle. And you know, I just think it's it's really important to just my my whole thing is enjoy the wine. I can teach you all the specs, I can teach you how to drink, I can teach you the wine etiquette, but again, you got to enjoy the wine. And make sure that you are enjoying it with people that you like. Because wine is so exciting. You make so many memories with wine. When I think of all of my fond adult memories, there was a great Mm -hmm. bottle there. Mm -hmm. 
And I said in uh, one of my videos that, you know, you, you want to share this bottle with somebody that you enjoy, somebody that you plan to have in your mm -hmm. life for a while. Because <laughs> you will always remember that first bottle. You will always remember that first time you had Krug and right. who was there. Those, those right. are cool memories. So, yeah, it's, it's exciting. I highly encourage um, a lot of local mm -hmm. wine shops do weekly tastings so just pop in, in in your local wine shop and find out when they do they do tastings and try the wine you're not gonna like mm -hmm. every wine i don't like every wine mm -hmm. but you taste it and you explore right. you have a great now time. do you drink two buck chuck <laughs> i do not but it definitely has its purpose in the marketplace <laughs> so you wouldn't suggest two buck chuck you know what? If you are a two-buck chuck drinker, go ahead on and drink that. No, no, because here's another thing with wine. Going back to drink what you enjoy and also drink right. what's in your budget. Right. Like, wine can get crazy. There are like $5,000 bottles of wine. Like, seriously. I'm not exaggerating on that. So drink, drink mm -hmm. within your budget. Now, I will say this. From my observation from people who people normally kind of start at two buck chuck and once they really get into wine and begin to explore wine um that isn't their go-to okay. anymore and it isn't their go-to because with wine higher quality wine you're going to get more nuances in the wine you're going to get a different drinking mm. experience it's kind of like hennessy and Hennessy VSOP and Henny CXO. Mm -hmm. Different drinking. I get it. Yes. Right. Totally. Yeah. Different drinking. Okay. Think of it okay. like that. That makes sense. Now you mentioned wine etiquette. Give me a little wine etiquette. Some wine no nos and some wine things to do. Oh, awesome! So holding your glass—that's the first one that I see a lot of people get wrong. You're not supposed to hold the glass by the bowl. We're not drinking <laughs> cognac. Don't hold it in between right. your fingers. Either. No. Hold the glass okay. by the stem. Okay. It gives you most, more, most control. You don't put fingerprints on your glass. And also, when you hold it by the bowl, your hands mm -hmm. are warm. And it affects the temperature right. of your wine. Right. That, that makes sense. Uh, for women, being mindful of your lipstick. If you're going to wear lipstick, wear more of a matte lipstick to minimize uh, mm -hmm. the transfer. And also drinking at the same lip mark so you don't have lip marks. Right. All over Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Okay. Now, to close it out, I'm going to do a quick little speed round of just you can come with a one word answer but just a couple quick questions um I'll give you a couple options. okay red or white chilled <laughs> uh, uh, or room temperature why well let's say a sweet riesling we're drinking a sweet reason that right. needs to be chilled. Jay Z or Tupac? Oh, Jay Z. Hampton or Howard? Jay Z. <laughs> Come on, 
are you serious? What is Howard? What is that school? <laughs> no, no, Hampton. This was great, Maxine. <laughs> Tell people where they can find you at. <laughs> you can find me on YouTube at Drink Good Live Well. You can find me on Instagram at Live Good with Max. Todd, this has been a joy. I truly appreciate you uh, having me on today and allowing me to speak about my experience and about wine. And I definitely want to encourage more African-Americans, if I must close with this, I want to encourage more African-Americans to begin to explore wine. Don't be intimidated by it. Um, We need to see more faces in tasting rooms. We need to see more faces in wine schools and just at your local shops because they need to understand that we are consumers. We have really great buying power. And one of the, the only way we can change that narrative of what a wine enthusiast looks like is to show up, ask questions, begin to explore, uh, get some books, study, be serious about your studies if, if you're going to do it and be okay with there's no such thing as a stupid question. Truthfully, everybody asks right. the same questions. <laughs> so there, there is no stupid question, but just be present. There are a lot of times where I am the only brown face in the room. There have been times when I'm the only woman in the room. So we definitely need to make our mark in the wine market. And the way we make our mark in there is, is by showing up so we can show up in wine marketing. Um, we definitely have the liquor game mm-hmm. on lock in regards to advertising, in regards to um just just everything and just in culture but we definitely can tap in into wine and i've been seeing more more wine i've been seeing more conversations about wine um as we know drake's an enthusiast jay-z is truly in the champagne enthusiast if you just if you are a reasonable doubt jay fan he oh my gosh jay has had a wonderful champagne palette since then jay is a crew dom perignon rosé mm-hmm. drinker like so just we just we just really need to show up and, and begin yeah. to explore, stretch stretch your palate just as we try different liquors. Do the same thing with wine and don't feel like you have to know everything about wine. Mm-hmm. And get a wine friend. Get definitely get a wine friend. Get a wine friend because at the end of the day, wine is fun. Wine is communal. Wine right. is meant to be. Shared. And I think that's what is resonating with me. When I see someone that looks like me or, you know, you don't look like me, but you look like, you know, my sister who's, you know, (laughs) right. You know, that's one of my favorite people. (laughs) Like it's going to resonate a lot more. And I've been trying to tell a friend of mine about he's a, he's really into cooking and food. And he's, you know, I call him when I need to Mm -hmm. know how to cook some things. And I'm saying, if you put a YouTube channel up, I would watch it, but I don't watch people that don't look like me. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? And here's the thing. I'm so glad you said that because when I launched my channel, you you find so many other wine enthusiasts and it's just like, wow, you, you, you look like me. And it's just like, yeah. And, you know, I, I talk like you. I make mm-hmm. silly references. And I talk about <laughs> right, like exactly. you. <laughs> you know, but, but seriously, we, we need to see that. And I have been able to meet such amazing people because of that. Um, I've had people say, Hey, you know, because of you, I started drinking this and I'm just like, Oh, wow. Like that's, that's pretty cool. And here's another thing, like we you're saying, you, you don't see anyone there. We get right. excited when you're there. <laughs> like 
one of the things that we talk about is, you know, is wine professionals and just wine, black wine enthusiasts. When we see somebody, we're like, hey, like, you got the memo too? Like, we're thrilled to see you, you know? So, yeah, come, come on in. Like, there, there's totally room enough for all of us at this wine table. Um, and, and there are also some black wineries. Brown Estate is a really uh, popular one that's definitely gaining traction that I truly like. Um, some other ones, but at the top of mind, Brown Estate is definitely a go-to. They are killing the game right now. Uh, McBride okay. Sisters is another one. Um, those, those are some of my, my two favorites right now that I can think of at the top of my head. And sellers, no, no, no. <laughs> Seven Sisters in South Africa, and um, any others that I don't mention, it, please blame, okay. blame my head, not my heart. But there are some some really great ones. So yeah, just just explore. Right. Wine is fun. Wine is fun. Come on over to the other side, and and we get excited. But the more they see us there, the more they will value our our dollar. They will value our opinion, and they'll value what we like. And um. They also stopped saying we don't have anything sweet right. on the wine list. So yeah, let's, <laughs> let's expand our palate. Let's, let's definitely expand our, our, our palate and our. Well, I thank you for joining us. I, I thank you for sparking my wine fire. <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome, God. You are welcome. Thank you for for being intrigued. But yeah, definitely check mm-hmm. out my channel. See what you like. Um. And that's another thing. Okay. Hit me up on the DM. Okay. I, I check. So now don't don't be asking me five hundred and one suggestions. That's that's a conversation. Right. But <laughs> right. <laughs> definitely I, I chat and I, I love new wine enthusiasts there. You all mm-hmm. are my favorites. You all are truly my favorites because you all are so mm-hmm. excited about wine. Mm-hmm. And you all study and, and know everything. And I'm, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I do remember that. Like, But it, it keeps me on my toes. So it, it really do. It, it keeps me on my toes. It, it helps me to stay sharp. You know, it's kind of like learning mm-hmm. a foreign language. So, yeah. So definitely check check it out. And I'm I'm glad to to be on your show and to be able to um, expose more of us to one. What do you wish I would have asked you or what do you want to say? that you didn't get a chance to say? Um, oh, I, I think I kind of touched on everything. We talked about the wineries, talked about, oh, another wine etiquette. When you are attending a tasting, mm. don't wear perfume. Mm. Don't wear perfume or cologne because the experience of wine is sniffing and right. smelling it. And we use our sensories. We, we use our nose. We're using our mouth. And all these things are connected. So if you are smelling like bond number nine, <laughs> I can't pick up the black currant or the white peach in my wine. What is, and that's a red and a white. So I don't want nobody saying, oh, she didn't name two notes that are not in the same wine. No, two different wines. But uh, I, I, I can't detect that. So you, you want to keep the fragrances very low. At, at a wine tasting. And another thing I would like to say, if you have a wine that you really like, take mm. a picture of it. Mm. Take a picture of it, have it in your phone. Because one of the things when I worked on the retail side of things, people would be like, I had this one. I'm like, do you have a picture of it? Right. Like, I'm, I'm not an encyclopedia of all the wines right. that have been made. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, so, you know, take a picture of it. 
and at least if I'm unfamiliar with it, I'll know the re. I'll can I can be able to detect the reagent. Tell me about it, and I can suggest something comparable. I think our audience is going to get a lot from this conversation. This very so educational, too. very fun, very lighthearted, very conversational. As we know, we don't. As you know, we don't practice. We just come on and just start talking, and. Yeah, oh yeah. Right. Yeah, we're chatting. <laughs> so I, I really, really think people are gonna get a lot out of this. And I wanna just say again, thank you, Maxine. We're always here if you need us. And you'll definitely be hearing from me, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people will be tuning into your YouTube channel and reaching out to you for different recommendations or different thoughts and just to share some things with you because as I said, you are a great communicator and you seem like someone that likes to help people. I do, I do, and and thank you for that uh, compliment. I greatly appreciate Thanks, that. Thanks, Maxine. Thank you, Todd. Have a great one. Hey guys, thanks for listening. I really appreciate your attention and we really appreciate all the feedback we get. If you can, please go to iTunes and rate us. Uh, A rating will help us out and give us the feedback we need to keep improving the podcast. Thanks for listening and have a great day.